0: Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's right after the book of Psalms, Psalms, Proverbs, then Ecclesiastes, if you're needing to find it in your copy of God's words. Or you can utilize the table of contents to, contents to find it there in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, reading through verse 15. These words will sound familiar. As one preacher said, God wrote a pop song. <laughs> and as we read through this, you might find some familiar words. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning of verse 1, we'll read through verse 15. There is an occasion for everything, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search, and a time to count as lost. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to be silent, and a time to speak a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I've seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life, It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is, has already been. Whatever will be, already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word. Lord, your word is truth. Your word is life. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand these words and by your spirit apply it to our lives and help us to see time, not in perspective of this life only, but in perspective of eternity. And help us to realize that indeed time is meaningless without Jesus. So open our hearts, speak to us, speak to our minds today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 4,000 weeks. That's how much you get. On average, the average lifespan in the West is about 76 years. That calculates right up to about 4,000 weeks. You might live longer. You might get a little bit more time. Some people might last as long as 5,000 weeks. There's a very few, very, very few people who actually live up to 6,000 weeks, but on average, you get about 4,000 weeks. That's all you've got. I'm, I'm 46 years old, a little bit more than, than 46. I calculated it up this week, and I have lived 2,413 weeks. <laughs> 2,413 weeks, and if I'm average, I have 1,587 weeks remaining. How much time? Do you have, and what are you doing with the times that God has given you? You know, the issue really isn't how many weeks that you live in this world, it's what do you do with the weeks that God has given you? What is it that you do with this gift of time, this gift of life? In fact, every day that you wake up, every day that you wake up, every day that you breathe in and breathe out, all of it is a gift from heaven. Every single week, every single day, every single moment of your life is a gift from God. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with the time, with the weeks, with the days that God has given you? Some have lived very short lives, but have had an enormous impact I think of missionary David Brainerd, whose life was written down and recorded. His journals were written down and recorded by Jonathan Edwards. David Brainerd, missionary to the Native Americans in the colonial colonial days here in the United States, lived only 28 years and a little bit or a little bit more than 28 years or about 1,516 weeks. And yet this man, David Brainerd, we are still talking about him hundreds of years later because of the life that he lived to impact so many. Not only the Native Americans, but also many who have been called to ministry and missions by reading his biography, by reading his journals. An outsized influence compared to the short number of days that he lived. We think about others who lived much shorter than 4,000 weeks. We think about Jim Elliott as one. We think about Robert Murray McShane who died died really young, but but I still use this Bible reading plan almost every, every day to read through Scripture. What are you doing with the days that God has given you? Life is really short. Here today, gone tomorrow as I was thinking about it, I was, I was thinking about, my goodness, how fast it goes by. I was looking at some pictures of his father's and so I was looking at pictures, old pictures of my kids, and, and just thinking through old times together, and things that we used to do, things we've done over the years, and, and I was thinking about my daughter, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? I'm like, she, is, she just graduated from high school, now she graduated from, uh, from, from college, and, and now she's going to get married? What happened? It seemed like, just yesterday, she was, I was pushing her on this swing and she was crying higher dad higher like all right higher here we go push me all the way around dad I'm like all right I'll try and you know it didn't work but it was all right it was a good try it was fun (laughs) I remember my my son Preston coming in the house and he's like tore up dad tore up I'm like oh no (laughs) what is tore up and tore up and tore up and he pointed out to the backyard and I look out in the backyard and I see there's a little fort that he had the wind had blown it down and he was telling me tore up and go out, go back outside and go and go uh go fix it go pick it up but this weekend he has flown back to Oklahoma by himself to go visit grandparents <laughs> how did that happen <laughs> how did it go by so fast And then some of you out there who have lived longer than the 2,413 weeks that I have lived are saying to me, you just wait till you have grandkids. (laughs) And then you think it's just going by fast. You know, that's the hard part of life, isn't it? That every day that you live is proportionately a shorter period percentage of your life. Every day that you live, if you were to do the math, is a shorter percentage of the time that you have lived. That's one of the reasons why it seems like time accelerates. The older that we get is because every week is a shorter percentage of the total amount of time that you have breathed in this world. Indeed, life is short. And so what do we do with that? How do we respond? How do we interpret the times and the seasons of life? There are several ways that we can, we can view this 4,000 weeks. We can view it with despair, And desponds. We can throw our hands in the air and say, "Mm, whatever is going to be, is going to be. And so I'm just going to flow with the fates, flow with that, so called fates, whatever that may be, and do that with with my life. Others respond to the brevity of life, the shortness of life, by becoming ultra planners and feeling unworthy to have this. How in the world do I figure it all out? I feel like such an ineffective manager of my time, and I've got to get it all done now. And we grow in our anxiety. Both of those are responses that Solomon here in this passage is calling to our attention. How do we respond to the brevity of life? These responses are, like many others, are sinful, man-centered responses to time as creatures bound by time. We cannot see the future. The future is clouded to us at best. But the good news of the gospel, the good news of this passage, is we serve a God who is not bound by time. We serve a God who is created time, but lives and exists apart from time. And in his eyes, the past, the present, and the future are all equally vivid to him right now at this very moment. That is the greatness of the God to whom we've already sung about today. He sees the past, the present, and the future all equally vivid before His eyes even at this hour, at this moment. And He calls us to trust in Him. And the only way you can properly relate to time, in fact, have significance to what you do when you live in time, is if you give your life to the one who is eternal, and that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus, one of the gifts that he gives us is eternal life. And here in this passage, we want to interpret it in context of Ecclesiastes, but not only in context of Ecclesiastes, but in context of the whole of Scripture, and know that time is meaningless apart from Jesus Christ. Time is meaningless apart from Jesus. There are two aspects of time that I want you to see here in this passage. The first is this. Life is about seasons. So ask Jesus to give his wisdom to guide you. Life is about seasons, So ask Jesus to give his wisdom to guide you. In the first eight verses of chapter three, Kohelet gives us a a poem about the seasons of life. The teacher here in the book of Ecclesiastes gives us a poem about the seasons of life. It's interesting the structure of this particular poem, this song that was made into a pop song back in the 60s. It's interesting the structure of this particular poem. There are 14 lines in this poem in perfect parallel each of them having two seasons of life that it points out. So 28 total seasons of life that this, that this poem gives us. Both of those numbers are divisible. 14 and 28 are both divisible by the number seven, which according to the Hebrew culture, that is the number of perfection. God created the world in seven days. And so there's something being communicated about the seasons which God gives us in our lives. In His view, from His perspective, it is perfection. It is the exact number of weeks, the exact number of days that we need in order to live for Him, in order to glorify Him with the times that we are given. Sometimes you may have worried or wondered, maybe I was born in the wrong time. Maybe I was born in the wrong place or in the wrong situation. Oh no, God knew exactly where you would be born and how you would glorify him with your life. Trust God's design for your life. There is an occasion for everything, he says. A season or a time for every activity under heaven. Now, if you were to read this in the greek translation of the old testament you would get an even better understanding of what it is that the teacher that solomon that kohelet is trying to convey here in this passage in the greek version or the greek translation of the hebrew bible has a particular name it's called the septuagint the Septuagint; it literally means the seventy, and there were seventy elders who came together before the time of Christ, and they translated the Old Testament into Hebrew. Now, what's so helpful about understanding that is in, in the book, or they translated into Greek. They translate from Hebrew into the Greek. Now, what's so interesting about that is in the Greek language, there are actually two words, two possibilities that could be used for the word time to translate the word time from Hebrew into Greek those possibilities are the word chronos and the word kairos the word chronos or the word kairos the word chronos we get our word chronology from and so that word chronos simply means clock time like what time is it or let's meet up at two o'clock or let's have that meeting at five o'clock or or whatever it is what what, what time is it that's not the word that is used here in this passage it doesn't say what crowd there's a chronos for everything like at five o'clock there's a time to be born at eight o'clock there's a time to die and there's a time to tear down and build up that's not what he's saying here the word that is used in the greek and the septuagint in this passage is the word kairos That second word doesn't mean chronological time. It means the opportunity. It means the right time. It means the God-ordained time. It means the right season of life. So in everything, there is a kairos. Life is full of kairos moments. Those God-ordained opportunities where this is appropriate or that is appropriate, this is God's will, or that is God's will. So he's saying in our lives, by God's good, gracious design for us as his children, there is these series of appropriate God-appointed seasons, opportunities in our lives. And so our lives ought to be seizing every opportunity that God gives us every moment in our 4,000 years weeks that God gives us to maximally glorify him with our lives and even in the midst of this sin scarred world. Throughout this passage we are reminded that indeed life does have good seasons and good times that echo the reality that we do live right now in once Eden. We live in a world that was once eden that has been fallen that jesus came to redeem and jesus is going to one day restore us to that tree of life like we sing in the old song that tree of life in eternal bloom that will be there in that uncloudy day and i long for that we live between the trees of life think about the good words that is used in this passage there's a time to give birth there's a time to plant there's a time to heal there's a time to build there's a time to laugh and to dance and to gather stones and to embrace and to search and to keep and to sow and to love and for peace all of those are good things things that we long for seasons that are like yes i love those seasons in life but we all know that the reality of life in this world is is that we live between the times we live in the already and the not yet jesus has already come he's already redeemed us he's already saved us. we have eternal life now and yet we don't live in all of its fullness and I don't have to remind you of that because all you have to do is turn on the television to see that, to look at the news and see that, or, or even I have to just listen to my knees creak as I walk up the stairs and know, yes, indeed, I live between, <laughs> between the times. Not yet. We see those words all throughout this poem. He says, he reminds us that the world is sick, that a, a disease lies upon it. There are seasons where we die, seasons of uprooting, of killing, tearing down, weeping, mourning, throwing stones, avoiding embracing, counting as lost, throwing away, tearing, hating, and war. There are those seasons, and we long in our lives for Jesus to come and give us deliverance, even in those very difficult seasons of life between the times of life in this world. Think about these words. Let's, let's just think about his poem here and walk through it a little bit. There's a season to give birth and a season to die. There's 4,000 weeks in your life. You have a beginning date and you have an ending that, that's true in our lives. It's true in so many aspects of society, isn't it? It's is true in politics. One of the things that you will know if you study the history of the world is no nation has lasted forever. They're all of human history there is not one nation that encompasses the whole of human history. We see that in business. I find it really interesting that if you go over to Kohl's here in the tri-cities, there's still a circuit city sign up. <laughs> like what? So you read the book, if you've ever read the book, it's a great book. It's called Good to Great. It's about eight businesses that made the transition from good to great. What's interesting is that Circuit City was one of them. <laughs> And now they are gone, like wiped off the face of the earth, gone bankrupt just a few years. So don't ever write a book about good to great, otherwise something bad may happen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but not only that, if you, if you go, you don't have to drive really far from uh, from circuit, where Circuit City used to be to see the that etched in the walls, bleached out by the sun. You can still make out the words, toys are us, <laughs> Or next door to it you can make out the word sears, right? <laughs> what used to be there is is no more. Well, now they have Spirit Halloween, but right that's another story. <laughs> and probably a good analogy for our time as well. Those are gone. Something different has replaced it. So there's a season to plant. There's a season to uproot. There's a season to start something new and there's a season to stop doing the ineffective. That's something we're learning as a church, isn't it? That there's a season to start some things new and there's a season to stop the ineffective and then there are seasons to build up new things to replace the ineffective, the things that the seasons have changed. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. In a, in a fallen world, that phrase could refer to, a, a, could refer to just war or self-defense or capital punishment. There's a season for everything. It's time to kill and a time to heal. Could also refer to agriculture. Even in my, in my garden, there's a time I saw this morning that, that my, uh, my zucchini has flowers. I'm like, glory to God, praise Jesus. Oh man, we're gonna have some bread soon. <laughs> or at least in a month or so. <laughs> I was so excited to see that this morning, like early Father's Day present. But there's a time when I'm going to take that zucchini plant and rip it out of the ground because it will eventually die. There's a season for everything. There's a season to tear down. There's a season to build. Things wear out. Structures and organizations that, once were effective, are no longer. So you remodel, you tear down, and you rebuild. There's a season to weep and a season to laugh. There's a season for mourning and a season for dancing. I think about this year. I'll be doing both funerals and weddings. Certainly there's a time for dancing. There's a time for rejoicing. But there's also a time for mourning here in between the times when we live in this sin sick. But yet God redeeming worlds time for throwing stones, he says, and a time for gathering stones. I think that's a reference to uh, in that particular day when Solomon was writing this particular passage, the way you would wage warfare on a community is you would, you would go out to their garden. Nobody do this in my house, but you go out to their garden and you throw rocks in their garden. <laughs> if you have a garden full of rocks, what's going to happen to the plants? Or if you have a field that you're trying to plow, what's going to happen to plow when you run through a whole bunch of thick sturdy rocks your plow is going to get broke up and you're not going to have a lot of good plants that's why Jesus says you need to get those rocks out to have good soil in order to have a good crop and so there's a time even in this passage there's a time for war and there's a time for peace that's the imagery that it's giving there there's a time to hug and a time not to hug we all know that in a fallen world there's a time when we build friendships and all of us know the pain of when a relationship is severed when a relationship goes sour, when a relationship is difficult, and we've walked that pain of lost friendships, there's a season for that. We all know that joy and pain. There's a season to search and a season to count as lost. We've all lost something in our lives that we couldn't find. Maybe you've lost your keys before. Some of you may have lost something even more precious, like a wedding ring. Or maybe perhaps you've even maybe perhaps you've even uh even lost the remote control to your tv right (laughs) we have a theory at my house that all that stuff that you lose goes to the same place this is my theory my wife doesn't believe me yet I'm still trying to convince her they all go to sock heaven (laughs) I experienced this last night so I washed clothes last night and I always wash them a certain order. Being from Oklahoma, you wash them in order of darkest to lightest. The reason why is because in Oklahoma, one of the things that can happen is you get uh, that red clay in your water line, and you want to make sure all of that gets flushed out before you put your whites in there. Otherwise, your whites will be light pink. (laughs) And so you wash the whites last, and I pulled the whites out, and I was folding them, and behold, there was one sock without a match. (laughs) And I said... Let us have a moment of silence for this sock that has gone to sock heaven. (laughs) And why is it? It does not go to sock heaven. (laughs) You're you're not telling the truth here. She usually somehow finds it. I don't know how. (laughs) But that must be, I'm convinced that's where they go. There's a season to search and a season to stop looking. There's a season to keep and a season to toss. Hoarders, pay attention. There is a season to keep and a season to toss, all right? (laughs) There's a season to tear, there's a season to sow. there's a season to speak, and a season to be silent. Extroverts, there's a season to be silent. <laughs> Introverts, there's a season to speak up. We all have to learn our own tendencies and our own abilities and also our own understanding that there is a season in life to for everything now we have in here 28 seasons of life and now i want to ask the question how do you know what season it is (laughs) How do I know? That's 28 things. I can barely keep track of my keys. And that's 28 things in life that they got to know when to do this and when to do that and when not to do this and when to do that. How do I know? How do I know what season it is in life? And Solomon feels this weight, the weight of knowing what time it is, what season is, what is the Kairos moment at that particular time? And if all we had in the Bible was this passage and the Old Testament, we might try the best you can, do the best you can, learn from people who are wise, but really you just got to try to figure it out. But the good news of the New Testament, the good news of the Gospel is that God has shown us by His Spirit, through His redeeming grace, in Jesus dying on the cross for our sin, rising again from the grave, He gives us His good gift of His Holy Spirit filling us with the life of Jesus, with the wisdom of Jesus. And one of the gifts that He gives us, James 1 5 says this, now if any of of you lacks wisdom to know what time it is to know what the season is the kairos is ask god and he will give you generously and ungrudgingly. it will be given unto him the good news of the new testament is if you struggle in understanding what is the right thing for the right moment and we all struggle with that all of us need help with that if we struggle with understanding what is the right thing for the right moment, the right action for this season, ask God. And by His Spirit, He fills us with wisdom so that we can know from the one who exists apart from time and above time, who sees all of time equally clearly, He can give us wisdom so that we can respond in this moment in a way that glorifies God. We all know that times and seasons change. And we live in a world where they're changing faster and faster and faster. We need the wisdom of God. And the good news is He is ready and willing and glad-hearted to give you His wisdom if you simply ask. That kind of wisdom comes from God, matching spirit-empowered thinking and action to the season of your life and community all right number two second aspect of time that i want you to see here in this passage is there is a time for everything worry is not on the list if you look through these 28 things read back through them worry and worry ain't on the list (laughs) so that trust or so because worry not on the list trust that the sovereignty of god encompasses the times and the seasons in the second part from verses 9 through verse 15 he talks about the sovereignty of god over time and over eternity because god is sovereign worries not on the list my call is and your call in life is to trust in him with the times and the seasons you are given in his wisdom and in his grace in verse nine he goes back the the author goes back to despair and he's like what does the worker gain under from his struggles under the sun the implied answer he goes back to nothing if this world is all that there is if all that you have is 4,000 weeks and then you cease to exist, if the evolutionary, materialistic, humanistic worldview is correct, you get whatever the number of months you get, whatever weeks you get, and then you snuff out of existence, it is meaningless. <laughs> it is pointless. In fact, if you were to look over this list in this poem, it really adds up to a zero-sum game because the poem has 14 pluses and 14 minuses. Add those two together and you get zero. Positive 14 minus 14 is zero. It's nothing. It's meaningless. If that is all there is to life, if under the sun is all that there is to life, then eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. It's all meaningless. But the good news of this passage is that it is not meaningless because he says there that God has put eternity in our hearts where we know and we realize and we recognize that 4,000 weeks isn't all that there is because 40 billion years from now if you trust in Christ you'll be living in the new heaven and the new earth and you'll be glorifying Him in the new society and the new world that He is going to create perfectly without sin, without disease, without any of that in His perfect world forever and ever and ever and ever in His heaven. We long for that day and we know that this world isn't all that there is. Yet, (laughs) Sometimes we pretend like this world is all that there is and that the outcome of my life is all up to me. And it looks like one of two things. We're going to get some help here from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) It looks like either we turn into Eeyore or Piglet. (laughs) We turn into Eeyore or Piglet. Piglet. And I don't know. I personally, I've had my Eeyore moments and I've had my Piglet moments <laughs> in my life. What is Eeyore moments? Eeyore moments looked oftentimes like temporary atheism, like amnesia towards God, like like I think it's all up to me, and I'm really worried about it. In fact, I'm even in despair about the future. We think about who Eeyore. If you don't know who Eeyore is in the Winnie the Pooh series, Eeyore is the donkey, and he's lost his tail. And he lives in a place called Eeyore's Gloomy Place. Rather boggy and rather sad. (laughs) And his place is described as follows. It's the place made of sticks. The sticks regularly collapse, and he builds them again. But they only collapse again. Oh, well. Everything I build just gets torn down. (laughs) Guess it doesn't matter anyway. And some of you and some of us feel like that sometimes where we look at the seasons and we look at the times of our lives and we say, I might as well just give up. Oh, wow. You know, in my house and our refrigerator, we actually, we used to be on the front of the refrigerator, but for some reason, they're not making the fronts of the refrigerators magnetized anymore, out of metal, (laughs) at least the one we recently bought might be why it keeps breaking down but anyway <laughs> another story but you go on the side and it's got metal on there so you can still use your magnets on the side and we have magnets a magnet that is holding up a picture of eeyore and on that eeyore he has a circle around him with a with a cross through him <laughs> just to remind ourselves that that is not the biblical response to worry in our lives is to descend into despair as if god's not in charge of our lives the other response that we can often have is like piglet oh my oh my oh my oh my <laughs> so we get anxiety how in the world am I gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do poo you gonna help poo, you're not worried enough. a come on <laughs> and so we go into this frenzy of oh what am I gonna do I've gotta I've gotta do something and so something's gotta happen I'm, I don't know <laughs> and so we tend to those extremes in our lives And here in this passage, we are called by God's grace to trust in His goodness, to trust in His sovereignty. Listen, worry is never in season. Worry is never in season. It's never the season to worry, not on the list, not anywhere in Scripture. It's never the season to worry. Why? Because God's in charge and God is good. God's in control, and God is good. In verses 15, 10 through 15, the preacher reminds us that there is a God in heaven. He has given good gifts to people. He's made everything appropriate in his time. He puts eternity in our hearts. And so therefore, with the times that we are given, redeemed by the grace of Jesus, this side of the cross, we're to live out our times for the glory of God. When we worry about the current season that we are in, when we endlessly play out the future scenarios, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if that happens? I know I'm probably not the only one who has ever had those internal conversations or those conversations with my wife. I'm sure you have had those conversations in your house as well. In that moment, what is happening there is Satan is just waiting for you and he's got you in his snare and he's there to steal your joy and when we worry that should be a burglar alarm in our souls Whereas, whether it is the eeyore route or the piglet route when we worry about the times and seasons we are in that should set off a burglar alarm in our soul that satan is coming to try to steal our joy and it is in those moments that we cry out to God, God, give me your perspective on time. Give me Jesus's perspective on wisdom. And Lord, fill me with the spirit of Jesus. Fill me with your wisdom so that I can see the times and the seasons from your heavenly perspective and not my limited earthly perspective. You think about it from scripture, Psalm thirty-one, fifteen says like this, My times are in your hand. That is good news. It's not just randomness. It's God's sovereign grace. We know that God has worked throughout all of the seasons and ultimately he has been working since the beginning of creation. He's been working in history, working to do one thing, and that is to save us from our sins so that we will glorify him with our lives. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says it like this. When the fullness of time had come, That is God's intention throughout all of time. It's all moving to one place and that is a throne and it's all moving to glorify Jesus with our times and seasons that we're given. The good news of the gospel is Jesus, according to Revelation twenty two thirteen, 13, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the one who makes sense of the times and the seasons that we are given in our lives. What is it like? So often, I remember when my kids were little, when my boys were little, especially. And I remember we'd sit around the table, and one of the things that we loved to do is we loved to build Legos. We loved to get the box out, or whatever it is that we were trying to build Duplo when they were really little, and then Legos when they started to get bigger, and wouldn't you know eat them. And, um, and so, and so we'd put them out on the table. And, we'd, uh, and we, would build the, uh, we would build the Legos, whether it was a, you know, a Lego Star Wars or Lego Lord of the Rings, whatever it was, we'd just build them out. And so some people are like, let's just get out the big pile of Legos, all of the Legos that we've ever gotten, let's get them out on the table, and let's just be creative and see what happens. That's not me. <laughs> I am very much, let's look at the box, let's look at the lid, and let's follow the instructions, like if we were getting something from Ikea, right? And so, <laughs> anybody there with me, anybody, a builder like that, now let's follow the instructions, and let's build what's on the box, all right, and then we can do that, this stuff later. Let's just see if we can create this. And so we would start to build, and, and I'm not a master builder, so I can't do what they do. They, you know, they're like, yeah, no, let's not follow the rules, let's just build something. And I'm like, no, 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 let's follow the rules. And so they're master builders. I'm not, I want to just build whatever's in there. So I start following the directions. I start following, or well, let's be real. I was going to say they start following the directions, but really it's dad playing. At that moment, I just invite him to come along for the ride. <laughs> but um, together, we start to build this thing that, that that we want to create, this Star Wars thing, whatever it is we want to create. And sometimes we're following the directions, and I'm like, I have no no idea what this is that we just built it looks like what's in the picture i have no idea what it's for and it says to set it aside and we set it aside for a little while and we keep going on and we keep building these little bitty parts and these sections and i'm like i have no idea where this is headed and it's frustrating like you've known it from ikea ikea does the same thing to us right (laughs) like what are you doing to my life (laughs) why did i drive to seattle for this (laughs) and so we start putting it together and then there is that moment in the instructions when it says take this piece and this piece and this piece and click it together and oh (laughs) it's a destroyer (laughs) like yes it worked it finally all came together there's all these extra pieces I don't care (laughs) it looks like the box (laughs) I think that's what it's like so often in our lives as Christians except God doesn't give us all of the plans all at once. He gives us just what we need at that particular time to put them in together. Sometimes what we're building doesn't seem to make sense. God, I don't know why this is the plan, but we'll follow that part of the plan. I don't know why this season, but we'll follow that part of this season. And you build it together and he's got the top of the box. And you know what the top of the box looks like? It looks like Jesus And that's what he's building into our lives, individually and corporately. We may not know all the pieces, but he does. And he is, in his sovereign goodness and grace, is putting it all together so that we will look like Christ want to see a verse for that second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 doesn't mention legos but i think it's the same kind of deal he says we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the lord and are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another one step to the next this is from the lord who is the spirit that's what god's doing in the times and seasons of our lives so we trust him for his wisdom we trust Him his sovereign goodness that he knows what he is doing in conclusion let me leave you with this statement today living your moments for Jesus relying on his wisdom is the only way to a meaningful life so trust in his sovereign goodness for his perfect plan trust in the Lord with all of your heart lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths praise the lord let's pray together we'll have a moment of silence and then if you need to respond to today's message by trusting in christ the savior and lord or maybe you just need prayer i'll be right here i'd love to pray with you i'll be right here after the service as well love for you to pray and respond let's pray together we'll have a moment of silence to ask the lord lord help me to do business with you today and then we'll respond together in song let's pray lord we thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives Lord, we thank you for your word, how your word speaks to us, and Lord, we thank you for the book of Ecclesiastes, the raw honesty of this particular book in the Bible, and Lord, we thank you how it expresses our longing, it expresses sometimes the difficulties of life between the times, but it also comes with hope, hope looking forward to the New Testament when Jesus, you would be the keeper the sustainer of our lives the one who makes sense of time and eternity and so lord i pray for all of us lord i pray that you would give us wisdom in these days in these very difficult days where it seems like things are getting darker and darker as the end draws near lord i pray that you give us wisdom to follow jesus in our lives and to shine brightly for jesus in this world and to interpret the times and the seasons well Lord, I pray for us all too, whether we are, tend to be like Eeyore or Piglin, however our worry looks or anxiety looks, Lord, I pray that you would help us to cast all of our anxieties on you and to trust in your power and your wisdom and your sovereign goodness and your timing for everything, knowing you are working all things for your glory and our good and that you are working these things in our lives so that we would be more like Jesus. Lord, thank you that you will finish your work in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your goodness and your sovereignty in our lives and in this world. In Jesus' name we pray.